to be prepared for war is one of the most effective means of preserving peace. President George Washington Thank you for tuning in to the 620 Live Podcast, where we may all speak boldly the name of Jesus. How can we prepare spiritually? That's the topic now. As we've gone over, war happens, we know it's going to happen, we gave many ways or reasons that it could happen. And I'm not saying those are all the all, all the reasons. No, no, because there's there's other reasons. Those were the most most widely known, I guess. Most widely, uh, and and a lot of them still fit like everything else. You know, two people could get into a disagreement, and that could cause a war. War isn't necessarily nation versus nation. I mean, we've heard of the Hatfields and McCoys. You know, um, the War of the Roses between you know, the Clampets and their naval and neighbor in the castle. Um, yeah, it's a TV show for any young people that are, are listening to this. Very good and clean. Um, or sitcom, by the way. But those are, are like generic reasons, and like I said, other things will happen. You know, different different scenarios. There's a word that that I was actually searching for. So we know that it's coming in one way, shape, or another, but. We don't want to be caught off guard. How how can we prepare? What can we do in order to prepare spiritually for the war that is coming? The war that when you are saved, when you are a Christian, it may not be a full-on like nation versus nation war, but what it is is a battle. Uh, it's between you and the enemies, the, you and the principles of the air. You know, you going against Satan and his minions, and they have a lot of good experience. They know what works. They know what doesn't work. They know what will work on Tuesday, but not Wednesday. They know, <laughs> um, they really know the long list of things that will work on Monday. Because, you know, who really likes Monday? Does Monday even like Monday? But the question, no matter what day, no matter what level, you know, no matter how long you've been a Christian, is we're going to go through battles. We're going to go through struggles. We're going to go all that. We've we've talked about that. But what can we do in order to prepare? What can we do in order not to be taken or caught off guard? 
but against principalities. Well, against powers. As you'll listen here, I'm going to play Ephesians chapter six, verses ten through the end of the chapter at verse twenty-four, and I will likely play this clip. Stand for every uh, episode and on in the this. Of righteousness and I, I did and it a bit differently. I got it off of the, of the website. Um, of a little less hassle for me to do it that way. So that's, that's always a good thing. So I'm going to, to play it before each episode and, take the helmet and of yeah, so that we can hear it coming from God's word and what Ephesians 6 10 through 24 is going to tell us about and show us and that what we're going to be going over is putting on the armor of God and um, after I let you hear the, the verses here I'll come back and we will talk a little bit more about but that you this. also may know my affairs and how I do, Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that ye might know our affairs, and that he might comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brethren, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Like I said, we need to put on the armor of God, and hopefully, just by listening to Ephesians 10, uh, excuse me, Ephesians 6, verse 10 through 24 there, you heard what the armor of God is. Now, let me go over piece by piece here, but I want to first tell you that this is coming from Paul, who is describing more or less what a Roman soldier would have worn into battle. Um, I'm not sure if they had a difference in dress, armor, as opposed to actual, like, warfare armor, but this is, me hazarding a guess here, I would say this is, like, what one would go for in warfare because, you know, this is the armor of God, and like I said, we're going to go through like trials battles you know wars even you know I, I guess in a way one can look at somebody's life as a war because it's a continuous you know ongoing thing of small battles as and it doesn't necessarily mean that a, a, you have to be christian to go through battles i mean kids struggle with acceptance kids struggle with weight people struggle with weight so life is a constant battle so one could say that life is like a war. But uh, I got a little bit kind of off topic, but not really, you know. <laughs> um, I'm trying to to come at like these podcasts, not like I'm talking down to anybody or trying to be all dry and, you know, make people be bored and, you know, not listen. I'm, I'm trying to keep it entertained and... You know, I don't want to say that we're going to be going through these armors and, like, talk about, you know, long johns, underwear, what kind of underwear, and, and, and things like that. But, you know, I, I want it to be fun and entertaining while being educational and hoping that, you know, everybody who listens, you know, grows closer to God with this. I've been fascinated by the armor of God for several, several years, 
since a, a message or a sermon that I heard, and I'm going to say from a preacher because I've heard several Armor of God sermons from several preachers, but I can't remember the actual one, you know, who it was or when it was that got me so infatuated with the Armor of God because it's so super important and it's so simple to remember to put on but we just need to remember to do it but let's uh let, let's get to what is the actual armor of god well we have the belt of truth we have the breastplate of righteousness we have the shoes of the gospel of peace we have the shield of faith we also have the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit now those are the different pieces to the armor of God and I can't say that one is more important than the other because they're all because if you miss any piece you're vulnerable if you don't put a piece on correctly you're vulnerable and, and we'll go over some of that here as well but just me um I don't think you can put on any of the armor of God without first having the helmet of salvation because without salvation, you can't communicate with God. There's a lot of people out there that say, oh yeah, I talk to God every day and I just, I just talk to him, you know, yet they live like hell and they try to say that they believe in God and perhaps they do. I mean, Christians stumble and fall. There's a lot of backslid Christians as we say here in the South but the thing that, that that I'm trying to get to is you know you hear and I heard it yesterday as I was or as I'm recording this yesterday that you know a player said he thanked God for you know the blessings that he was super blessed and I love to love to love to hear that you know that people are, are, are saying God and putting God you know giving him thanks you know, and it seems to me that a lot of places will let people say, thank you God for that, thank you God for this. But yet, when you go to mention the name of Jesus, it's like, oh, oh, oh we got to go, commercial break, commercial break. Um, and speaking of commercial break, let me be right back. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the thing is, there's only one Jesus Christ. Okay, there's only one true God. That's that's big G here. But I think a lot of these people, and I'm not saying this athlete specifically. Um, in fact, I can't even remember the name. But for some reason, I think it was Jalen Hurst. I, I can't say that for certain. But a, lo a lot of people out there can say that they believe in God. But what... How, how do they spell God? And I don't mean, you know, the, the three letters. What I'm more or less meaning is, what is that G in God looking like? Because 
There's lots of little G-Gods. You know, I've talked about this before. But there's only, and there's only one big G-God. So when these people say things like that, are they meaning the big G-God? Are they meaning one of the other little G-Gods? Because that uppercase or lowercase letter, that letter signifies to me that the person believes either there's a big god one true god like big g or that it's just like oh that refrigerator keeps my coke zeros or my mountain dew zeros cold ah the refrigerator has blessed me with cold drinks no no, God, Big G blessed you with a refrigerator that runs off of electricity, and God has blessed you enough to give you the money to pay your bill. You know, the refrigerator ain't doing nothing. I mean, yeah, it's keeping your drinks cold, but God's the one who provided it. And John Hagee once said, and, and let me try to quote this here, any money that I have is God's money, so anytime I go to spend it, it's a righteous experience. You know, something along those lines, and I know, I know I didn't quote it exactly, but that's the thing. What we have comes from God. Big G, not little G. And again, I know I'm going off on a bit of a tangent, but that's one of those things that really gets to me. Is Like I'll see posts on Facebook, I thank God, little G, no. No, and if I ever type in little g, it's either on purpose, meaning like TV, cell phones, smart devices, you know, I'm usually very conscientious about typing in a capital G, and if there's ever not, like I said, I'm either referring to a, not the almighty God, or I made a typo, which, you know, I'm not perfect, so it happens. But, my my plans for these upcoming episodes, and I, I'm pretty sure it's going to run through Christmas. Um, I, I don't know. I would love to get through with it and then do some Christmas stuff. But, um, this is super important, especially with, you know, our lives and, you know, uh, things that are going on in Israel and the way that the world is. So, I think it's very important for us to keep this you know, to know this, um, we've, we've all heard the Christmas story, you know, so, I really don't know that there's any new tweak or new way that I could go over it, because I, I know I'm not a theologian like a, a lot of people are, but what I am is Richard, and I am me, and what you see is what you get. But my plan is to have each of the different pieces have at least one episode. Um, so, uh, you know, some of the pieces may have more. Um, we'll see. So I'm really looking forward to going over this with y'all. And, you know, again, I want to stress the importance of having every single piece of armor 
Um, and I want to point out that, again, you know, that Paul was describing spiritual armor in comparison to, like, what you would see on a Roman soldier from the day. And just because, you know, this is a figurative set of armor does not decrease its importance. You know, just because it's figurative doesn't mean it's not important. In fact, it's more important than, like, a real suit of armor you know and this is this is why putting on the entirety of the armor the entire armor is so super important because a soldier without a helmet is vulnerable to headshots a person wearing bulletproof vest or a bulletproof vest while yeah they're protecting their chest and you know, abdominal region, I think they go down that far. I've never held one or worn one. But someone doing that is vulnerable to leg shots, arm shots, and if they're not wearing a helmet, head shots. If you only have a shield, you can only defend. I mean, yeah, you can attack in a way by like punching somebody with the shield, but a lot more cumbersome and you're a lot more vulnerable if all you have is a shield. Now me, I I'm getting to the to the shoes issues here or the shoe point. Now I personally like the zero shoes. They're comfortable, make you feel like you're walking on bare feet. But the point is you still have shoes on or sandals which are awesomely comfortable as well but the point that I'm getting to is you still have some protection if you don't wear shoes you'll feel every bit of sand you'll feel rocks even more so it's a lot easier to step on something than it puncture your skin so shoes are not only comfort but they also are for protection now when it comes to the belt of truth, I can't stand for people to sag, and I know there's a, this, that pandemic's been going on for years and years. It's not going to go away, but let's just say you didn't have on your belt, and let's say that you were size 38 men's. But yes, you had on size 44 pants that you got from the Goodwill. And you bought them only because they were 99 cents on Saturday in that color of the week. But, oh my goodness, they're 99 cents. I gotta have them. I'll wear a belt with them. Because I like to be comfortable. So you put on the pants. They fall down. You pull them back up. They fall back down. You pull them up one more time. They fall back down. Now, when you pull them up that fourth time, if you don't put something around your waist to hold them tight, they're going to fall back down. I mean, the pattern's pretty obvious, right? So, if you put the belt on and you don't tighten it, what happens? Your pants fall down. Now, in order for me not to repeat this over and over and over, let's just say it happens multiple times. If you don't tighten that belt, they're going to keep falling down. 
So, when it comes to the armor of God, just as the belt to keep your pants around your waist so that you're not exposing everybody like Ray Stevens in the streak, if you don't tighten that belt, they're going to keep doing it. So, tighten that belt up. Sure it up. You know, and don't expose yourself. Now, if you don't have a weapon, yeah, I mean, think about it. If you don't have a weapon, <laughs> you might want to flee instead of, like, stay in the battle. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, because you're vulnerable to attack. You can only defend. I mean, sure, you can, like I said, if you happen to have the shield with you, you can hit them with it. Oh, yeah, you can punch them. Sure, you can kick them. You can even headbutt them. But a soldier carries a weapon into war. Now, we need each of the pieces. We need them each to be attached, each to be equipped, each to be used. Now, again, this is Paul looking at this as he would a Roman soldier back in the day. So, we can imagine in, in, in the modern day times. Oh, look at my gospel shoes of Reeboks. My Reebok gospel shoes. Oh, check out this Under Armour breastplate of righteousness. Oh, there we have the 620 Life Shield. Oh, we also have a 620 Life Weapon because we all know how annoying Richard is and will batter us in the head with his lovely voice. But you see what I'm saying here? I mean... Why would you equip a piece and not another piece? Equip the whole thing. And I want to point out here that just because Jesus hasn't returned doesn't mean that he isn't coming. And until he comes here, comes back, battles rage. War happens. Casualties mount. Despair grows. Doubt will sink in. So just because Jesus Jesus hasn't come and came back yet doesn't mean that Satan's taken a day off. Satan does not quit. And he will continue to attack. If you leave off one little one piece of the armor, he's got an open gap to attack. And for anybody who's listening, just because you're a high-ranking official in your church doesn't mean doesn't mean that you can't be attacked or that you won't be attacked. So just because you're an elder or high up in your church hierarchy doesn't mean the armor isn't important for
for you as well. Just because you're a new Christian doesn't mean that the armor needs to be overlooked. Rookie Christians, veteran Christians, and everyone in between needs to wear, needs to put on and wear the holy armor of God. Each piece is just as important as the other. And like I said, I don't think you can put on the other pieces until you have the helmet of salvation. Something that's also very important is that we need to pray daily for this armor to be put on. Maybe you need to imagine it being a physical piece that you're putting on. That's fine. I mean, imagine it. Whatever you have to do to place it upon yourself. I mean, you wouldn't go out without a shirt on, would you? I mean, you wouldn't go to school nude or wearing just your underwear. I think everybody has had that nightmare. You can't drive a car without some sort of steering apparatus. And a three-piece suit that's missing its pants is not a completed three-piece suit. And something that I've discovered and I've written about this before is that when you pray at night before you go to bed, pray for God to put the armor on, to reaffirm the armor because when you're asleep, you can still be attacked because let me let me read this to you or, or, or try to read this to you. <laughs> um, it may be kind of stilted. But we will, we will do our best to get through it. Even though Locus Corellius, I guess is how you say that. Corellius. Even, even though it's reduced during sleep and it'll shut down completely during the REM sleep or rapid eye movement sleep, our brains can still respond to external stimuli and to threats. And what this means to me is that you're going to be attacked while you're sleeping, most definitely, because you're vulnerable. And Jesus doesn't quit on us. So why should we quit on him? Satan doesn't quit his attacking or him and his minions. So why should we quit putting on the armor? Why should we quit trusting in Jesus to keep us safe? The answer is very simple. We shouldn't. And join us next week as we will discuss the belt of truth and we'll stop sagging them gospel fans.
God bless each and every one of you. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. I really do appreciate it. I appreciate all the support, all of you listeners. Thank you so much, so much. It means the world to me. God bless each and every one of you. See you next week.